What's up, gentlemen? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host. I hope you all are having an amazing day. I hope you had an amazing Christmas and a new year with your family. I know that mine was awesome. It was wonderful. My first Christmas with our little girl, it was it was like, ah, it was just something special. She did have about, I don't know, about 20 gifts underneath the tree from her grandparents, which I look forward to dealing with when she's older, when she's a teenager, because that is a Dudley amount of gifts. That was like like Dudley from Harry Potter. Like, how many are there? That's what she's going to be. Noah's going to be saying to me when she's a teenager, when we get her a normal amount of gifts. But when you're the first grandchild on both sides of the family, I guess you get a very special first Christmas. Our Christmas, we went up to Estes Park here in Colorado, and we stayed at the cabin at the YMCA of the Rockies, and it, it's beautiful up there. It is. It's like when you think of Colorado, if you're not from Colorado, Estes Park is was going to be what you kind of think of with mountain towns and snow on the trees. It was beautiful, and we had this cabin with a giant fireplace and a kitchen and lots of rooms and we ate and we ate and we ate some more and we did puzzles and we played games. I lost every single game that we played. Also, I found out I'm not very good at chess. I'm I'm actually pretty awful at chess. I played my brother, my dad, my other brother, and my wife and all of them beat me at chess. I'm I'm so so bad at chess. So in the new year I think I'm gonna start getting better at chess because I haven't won a single game yet. I actually, to make myself feel better, I was watching Noah the other day and I set up a chessboard so that she had like three pieces left and I put her in check with all of my pieces and then took a picture and sent it to everybody who had my, I sent it to my brother and my wife who had beaten me in chess and be like, Noah sucks at chess. And I thought it was funny and no one else seemed to think it was funny, but <clears throat> that's how it is with most, most of my jokes. But um, today, I want to talk to you about something from the Bible. I want to talk to you about King Solomon. <clears throat> and before we do that, I want to give you my basic premise for this talk. I've given this talk before. I'm going to do a condensed version of it. <clears throat> and I think this is just really, really important. And I am going to do a follow-up conversation with my dad about this talk. And I think that's important to know before we get into the topic we're going to be talking about today, because my dad's going to have a lot to say on this issue when it comes to how he lived with uh, you know, his parents and, and all the things that we're going to be talking about. So here's my basic premise. If you want to become a good man, or if you want to show yourself a man, which means if you want to prove that you're a good man, you must do so by walking in the ways of God. And if you do, you will prosper in all that you do. Here it is again, <clears throat> my premise again. If you want to become a good man, and if you want to show yourself a man, you must do so by walking in the ways of God. And if you do, you will prosper in all that you do. Now, there is a lot of things that you could probably do that would make you feel like a man, which are going to be important. But if you want to prove that you're a man, you've walked in the ways of God because the ways of God, one, they're good. Two, they don't always make sense. And I have found in my life and in, when I read the scripture that you usually figure out why God said to do something after you haven't done it and lived through the consequences. That just seems to be how the Bible is written and how it works. <clears throat> And this, I do think this is the number one way to show that you're a man, if you can submit yourself to the ways of God. And we're going to look at a guy who uh, didn't, didn't do that super well, uh, but, it, but it's hidden in the text if, you, uh, um, if you're reading it kind of closely. And so we're going to talk about Solomon. So Solomon was David's son. 
David, we know King David killed Goliath and united Israel. I talk about him all the time. My verse, my life verse comes from a description about David. So David, it says he's about to see the end of his days, which is the Bible's way of saying David's going to die. You know, they're kind about that. They say, they don't say he's going to die. They say he's going to see the end of his days. And so he calls Solomon to himself, Solomon, who he has chosen to become king after him. He calls him to himself and he's, he gives him this charge. And you can find this if you own a Bible in first Kings chapter two. And he said, this is his charge uh, before Solomon becomes king. He says, be strong and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord, walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. So right before Solomon takes the throne and becomes the most powerful man in Israel, this is the charge he received from his father. Be strong and show yourself a man, walk in God's ways. And I'm going to be honest, uh, that verse, that especially that first part, be strong and show yourself a man. It like it puts a fire in my chest. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. I'm I'm all about it. And so as let's talk about what Solomon did as a king because he's got this charge and there was probably a fire in his chest and he he went all after it. <clears throat> Solomon as king experienced more success and more wealth than you and I can even begin to imagine. He is to this day one of the richest men in history, which is the privilege of being a king in an ancient monarchy. Your wealth is the nation's wealth. It's one and the same. And he didn't earn that because he was a good businessman. He just, you know, he taxed people and he, he took it. And then people, for whatever reason, gave him a lot of money. He had an estimated net worth of $2.2 trillion, like trillion with a T, capital T, $2.2 trillion. So take uh, Elon Musk net worth. He's the richest man in the world currently. Take his net worth and multiply that by like 2000 and you'll get Solomon's net worth. That's how wealthy he was. He had an unbelievable amount of wealth. He also as king made peace with all of Israel's enemies so that there was no more war, which is, that's a good thing. He penned uh, most of the book of Proverbs. He's accredited, or excuse me, he's credited with 3,000 pieces of wisdom. He also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you're having a bad day, you can go read Ecclesiastes and, uh, well, you'll feel pretty much the same. <laughs> but there's a lot of wisdom in Ecclesiastes. Uh, Solomon, he would throw these gigantic feasts every single day. <clears throat> and this was, the. this is like, it says that this is the bounty. This is what he provided at his table for all of his guests. Get this, 10 oxen, this is every single day, 10 oxen, 20 cows, and 100 sheep. Just take five seconds and try to imagine how much meat that is at the table. 10 oxen and 20 cows, it would take a family, if you bought a cow at like a rodeo and butchered it and froze it, it would take a family like a year to eat an entire cow. And he had 20 in one day, and he did this every single day. These were the parties and like the feasts that he would throw for his people and it, like his cabinet, the officials and whatnot. 10 oxen, 20 cows. It's so much meat. It's like excess. He also had for his military, he had 40,000 horses at his disposal. And with those horses came chariots. And with those chariots came 12,000 horsemen. So basically, if war struck out, Solomon was going to win. That's just the way war was fought back then. You had horses and chariots and cavalrymen, and and if you had the most, you won, and he had the most. He built the first temple in Israel. 
which uh, was laden with gold. He built his own house that was twice as big as the temple. He had these magnificent gardens. And to top it all off, he had 300 wives and 700 concubines, which is like, oof. (laughs) I have one wife and one is enough. 300, like... And then in the book of Kings, his successes, they just go on and on and on. But the thing that's bothered me about Solomon, despite all of his, all of his success, is he was one of Israel's worst kings. Despite all of that, he was one of Israel's worst kings. He broke every single law laid out for kings to follow. And because he did that, he left a mess of Israel when he was no longer the king. He left a mess. And God showed up three times in the text and and gave him warnings. He's like, hey, if you'll walk in my ways, if you'll walk in my ways, he gave him three warnings. And Solomon just got further and further and further away. And he left a mess. That was his legacy. All of those horses I just told you about and all of those chariots came from Egypt. And in Deuteronomy 17, which is the law for kings, all of the Old Testament is the law, or excuse me, the first five books of the law that, Israel followed, but there's a specific section in Deuteronomy 17 for kings. It says like kings must do these things and must not do these things. And in Deuteronomy 17, it says explicitly not to import horses and chariots from Egypt. It doesn't say why. It just says, doesn't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Solomon then exported all of those horses and all of those chariots to Assyria for diplomatic purposes. That's how he achieved peace at the time. But when Israel got run over by its enemies and its people were taken into exile, which is a huge thing in the Old Testament, the first enemy to come in is Assyria. And I bet they used those horses and I bet they used all those chariots. Kings were also from Deuteronomy 17, not to accumulate much gold. And it doesn't say why, but here's why. Raiding was a huge part of military conquest during this time. And if you had a lot of gold, if you had a lot of treasure, you were a target for raids. And God says, do not accumulate much gold. And he doesn't say why, but it's because it makes you a target for people to come sack your city, endanger your people, and they will, t- they will take off with all that you have. So all that gold is because so- like it made him a target for their enemies. Kings were also not supposed to take wives from other nations because it would turn the hearts of the king to occult practices and away from God. Like occult religious practices that included things like child sacrifice and other evil, other, other evil things that they were not supposed to do. And Solomon, because of all of his wives, it says he turned from the Lord and brought in all of these occult religious practices and it plagued Israel for years, for years and years and years. All of the prophets Most of what they're talking about is these occult practices that are evil and wrong. And Solomon is the king who broke, who brought those into Israel. So there's an important lesson there. As the king goes, so goes the nation. Solomon had all that success that I talked about, all that wealth, all that, all that success, but he did it by doing things his own way. And he left a mess of Israel when he was done that they never recovered from, like not even close. They never got close to recovering from it. And I think we can learn something from Solomon that we we might already know is true and or we don't. But I, here's what it is. I think men have a unique ability to make a mess of things when they do not walk in God's ways. Like nobody can make a mess of things like like a man can. 
We can easily leave a mess of our relationships. We can easily leave a mess of our marriages and easily leave a mess of our workplaces and in our families. I know this is true for me of my, of my personal experience. Like I, there were some times I, I made a mess because I was not walking in God's ways. And I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be my gravestone legacy. We talked about gravestone legacy a few podcasts ago. I don't want my legacy to be, he had all the success in the world, all the wealth, but at a price that left a mess for others to deal with. I don't want that to be my legacy. And I think there's one thing that we as men can begin to do that will change the course of our lives. It'll greatly improve them. And I think it will ensure that we're walking in God's ways. And if you're like me, you get a little skeptical when people are like, do this one thing. And, you know, like those YouTube videos where it's like, all rich people do this one thing or uh, do this one thing to get fit and healthy. Like, you know, there's it's broader than that. But I do think if you put this near the top of your list of priorities, you will show yourself a man and you will walk in all of God's other ways. And this will have, I think, I think this one thing might have the greatest impact on your character than any other action that you can take. And, you know, if I'm, I might be wrong, but that, that is my, that's my current thought. And it comes from the Ten Commandments. It's commandment number five, honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. The one thing I think you and I can do beginning today is to begin to honor our father and mother. And God promises, it's the first command with a promise, that it may go well with us. And the reason I'm going to have my dad on the, do a follow-up conversation on, my, on this podcast is because my dad had rough parents that were not easy to honor. And I am well aware that many people do not have good relationships with their parents these days. I'm well, I'm very aware that roughly 50% of everyone born after 1990 grew up with a single parent home. I'm very aware that dads, for the most part, were nowhere to be found for 50% of those people. I'm aware, I'm very aware of family tension and problems and mistakes and hurts that happen. I'm like, I'm aware of all of those things. And so this, this might be difficult for a lot of young men to do or older men, depending on how your relationship was with one parent, both parents, a father, whatever it is. And that's why I want to have my dad on to talk about it because they worked through it and it greatly changed the course of course of his life. And I want to hear the wisdom that he has on that. But Maybe you're like me, though, and the reason you don't have, or at least me when I was younger, not today, the reason you don't have a good relationship with your parents is because of your actions or your words or your attitude. Like, really, be honest with yourself. I had to be brutally honest with myself when it came to this. Do I not have a good relationship with my parents because of me or because of them? And, And be honest. And I was, I was like, I didn't have a good relationship with my parents because of me. Honor means to hold in high regard. It means to recognize the place in your life that your parents hold. It means like, like beginning at the center of who you are in your heart, you recognize that your parents played an integral role in your life. That's reason enough for you to honor your father and mother. One, you wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for your parents, like at all, that you wouldn't be alive. 
uh, if it wasn't for your parents. Your mother carried you. Your mother birthed you. She fed you from her body. Your parents kept you warm. They fed you your whole life. They educated you. They provided for you. And for better or for worse, no one has a great, no one has had a greater impact on your life than your parents. Now you might think, be like, no, it was this person, but no, it wasn't. Who you are today is a direct result of your relationship with your parents, for better or for worse. It comes from how you treated your parents and how they treated you and how they raised you. No one has had a greater impact on your life than your parents, and no one will ever have a greater life on or impact on your life than your parents. You have significant impact from other people, but a lot of who you are, most of who you are, came from your parents and your your relationship with your parents. And God doesn't say, like I said at the beginning, God doesn't say why to do things, but you usually, you can learn by looking at the world or reflecting on your life or doing some study why God says to do certain things because he doesn't tell you why. And there's some unintended consequences built into your character from how you treat your parents, whether you honor them or not. It becomes your character. How you treat your parents becomes your character that carries in to the rest of your life. So gents, if you're unwilling to honor your mother, you'll be unable to honor your wife or any other woman that you meet. You will be disrespectful and you will think of them as objects for your pleasure. You won't be able to hold them in a high regard or treat them as, as a woman deserves to be treated. Like you won't be able to because how you treat your parents becomes your character and your character always wins. The habits you learn on how to treat women come directly from how you treat your mom. If you talk back and condescend to her, or if you have in the past, you will do it to others in your future. If you treat your mom as stupid, you won't listen to anything that your wife has to say. It's a fact of life that how you treat your mother is how that you will treat all of the women around you including and especially your wife. Other unintended consequences, gents. If you're unwilling to honor your father, you will have a problem with authority your whole life. You will have a hard time submitting to your wife, submitting to your boss, or to anyone who has authority over you. And I'm like, as I'm recording this, I'm recalling some memories where like, I had such a hard time honoring my father. It took me many years to be able to, submit to authority at work because I thought I knew best. And you know where I learned that I thought I knew best from how I treated my parents when I was young. If you can't honor your father, you are especially likely, or you're going to have a higher chance of becoming callous and mean, a higher chance of suffering from anger and of a domineering spirit, or worse, maybe worse, you'll become passive in all that you do. Not caring about anything. You just you not engaging with life. You just, you'll just be passive. But if you are willing to honor them every day, not speaking poorly of them, but treating them with respect because of the place that they have in your life, your life is going to begin to change and your character is going to change. And this is, this is what happened in my life. So I, I didn't honor my father and my mother from the time I was, we'll call it 12 until I was 23. I think I was 14 years old the first time that I told my parents I didn't need them and I knew what was best. I think I was 14. And I, so I left home and I was only gone like three hours and it's a cute, funny story. But that attitude of I know better than you and I don't need you lasted until I was 23. I lied and I lied 
and I lied and I stole from my parents and I was condescending to my mom and I talked to her like she was stupid. I didn't listen to anything that she had to say. I was rude to my father. I didn't obey his rules. Did I mention I lied? I lied so much. My life was like one big lie among so many other things. And my actions made a mess of my family. It affected how I treated my brothers. It affected my, like literally everything. And I, like, I could not wait to get out of home. And I kept thinking it was my parent. I'm like breaking my parents heart because I've dishonored them so badly. And I thinking they're the problem. And I couldn't wait to get out of home and go to college so that I could like have this new life. And so I did, I went to college in my freshman year. It was awesome. It was so fun. It was amazing. I had great friends, did a lot of stuff, did well in school. And but I was at best, I was at best, I was pretending and my sophomore year rolled around and my character started to, started to come out because like I said, character always wins. You can pretend for a little bit, but character is, is going to win. It's going to show itself. And so my sophomore year, like I was disrespectful to women. I wasn't, I, I'd never had like sexual stuff with women. I was, I was very fortunate that way, but I was rude and mean and condescending and talked to them like they were stupid. I lied to a lot of my friends. I was disrespectful to them. I, I was a bad friend and I was such a bad friend that I managed to burn every single bridge that I had created by the end of my junior year. Every, every single one I was, I was, I was friendless and alone. I didn't have anyone to call. And this is like when I hit rock bottom. And it was that way for me because of the, the character traits I learned from how I interacted with my parents. It's a direct result. You can trace it like a line. And my parents were amazing. I grew up in an amazing Christian household. They were gracious and kind and they provided and they did everything they could. They suffered to make sure that I could pay for college. And I'm sitting there with bad character dishonoring them. And that's wrong. That's immoral. And I had another encounter with Jesus that I, I've told you guys about. And I knew that one of the things I was going to have to do is I'm going to have to make things right with my family, especially my parents and especially my mom. And it was hard. And it, it, was, it was real hard. It hurt. There was a lot of tears, a lot of apologies, a lot of confessing. And we had to do it over and over again because hearts don't heal easily. It's not one and done. It's, it's, it's a process. And now I have an amazing relationship with my parents. But those character traits that I was telling you about, those took a long time to get out of me. And it started by honoring my father and my mother. Like I told you, I had a hard time submitting to authority at work. And I wanted to do things my own way. And I thought I knew what was best. That was part of my character. I'm this young guy working and at this, and I think I know best and that's not true. I don't, but my character thought I did. And, and I had, it took a long time to get that out of me. And I, I couldn't go on dates with women cause I was still disrespectful and rude. And I got less and less as the years went by, but it took seven years until I was able to, I had the character to marry my wife and it, it didn't have to be that way. Like at all, I can, I can trace it back to when I was 12, 13, 14. Had I honored my father and my mother, my character would have been different in college and in my twenties. And I wouldn't have had the problems that I ran into. And I'm lucky that I got a chance to change course. 
And I'm lucky that the grace of God allowed that to be redeemed and restored and reconciled and fixed. And like my relationship with my parents now is amazing, but I have every day I wish that I would have learned to honor my father and my mother when I was younger because I wouldn't have made the mess. I just wouldn't have. I believe that every man can do this. And I believe every man can be a good man. And I believe it starts with honoring your father and your mother. And you know what? I know it's tough. It might take some forgiveness and it might take some time. It might take some confessing. It might hurt a bit, but it's worth it. And if you want a thriving relationship with your parents, good. It will change your life. It's going to change your character. It'll change your relationships. It'll change your family structure. It will change your legacy. And you can do this. Like, I believe in you. And for those of you out there who do not have a good relationship with your parents because of stuff they did that made it really difficult to honor them, my dad's going to come talk about that. I'm going to ask him some questions, and he's going to offer some wisdom and insight on how to how to reconcile how you've been treated by your parents and how to forgive and that kind of thing. But I think you can do this. And I think it's the best thing that you can do to start working on your character and to become a man of God, which I believe that you can do. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to the Man I Want to Be podcast. If you like this podcast, leave a five-star review. And if you didn't like this podcast, pretend you didn't listen. Hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. And if you would, please share this with at least one other man in your life who you think would have some benefit from listening to me talking to this microphone. Thanks for listening. This is the Man I Want to Be podcast.